Ben Carlton Davis. Mr. Super Bowl champion. Super Bowl champion Ben Carlton Davis on the show. Appreciate you guys hopping in. Uh, we're going to focus solely on the Super Bowl today. We'll hit on a couple of big things in the NBA, but NBA is really going to start uh, turning Look, the gears next we got, We're going into the dead zone where you've got you know still a month or so until baseball you got basketball going on. We got hockey, which we you know love to talk about here on Second Sports, and we're both uh, expert hockey yeah, analysts. For sure, one of us produced the hockey show, and it was not me. But he still doesn't know a thing about hockey, and it also wasn't very good. So. <laughs> well, that's that's another episode. Um, oh, well, let's just let's just dive right into it. I mean, wait, but wait, wait. I, I wanted to comment on you saying the dead zone because. After the Super Bowl was over, everyone was like, it's baseball season. And I'm like, bro, are we just forgetting about basketball? Like, well, no, it's, it's basketball, but it's only basketball. Yeah, it's you know, basketball. Maybe, maybe exactly. now that, I know, but I'm saying in terms of like having like multiple sports to pay attention to, like maybe this is just years of being a Knicks fan where normally <laughs> mid-February <laughs> it's over and I've stopped yeah. caring about the Knicks. We'll talk plenty about the Knicks in later episodes. We'll touch on them a little bit later in this one. Uh, but Super Bowl 55, uh, biggest loser everyone who watched that's dramatic did you have fun watching the super bowl i i was depressed for other reasons but like not the most exciting super bowl i've ever seen let's put it that way and especially given what you and i predicted with jordan on our super bowl preview episode what basically every major outlet that i read or watched hmm, every major outlet i read or watched a video from Everyone expected fireworks, offensive shootout, yeah. you know, exciting back and forth game, quarterback duel, throw like every, every cliche you want out there. Yeah. And uh, we did not get that. No. And like, <laughs> yeah, that was the most disappointing thing because like on paper, this game is just like, you see in the regular season between two teams, you're like, sure, whatever. It was fine. Like, you know, one team in the regular season, this would be fine. Like one team completely out schemed and, you know, not out schemed, but well, I, game you, plan. You yeah, say out schemed, and we'll get into you, know, you know what I'm saying, though. Yes, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yes. so you schemed them up, you, you played them well, and all this and all that. That in the regular season, that's fine. That's a cool matchup to go back. And I know you want to look at uh Baldy's breakdowns, obviously, on those and see uh, a, a random stunt in the third quarter on third down that completely changed the complexion of well, this game. Beautiful, but you know, like in the Super Bowl again, like what what you were saying we were expecting just a really fun game and even if it wasn't going to be like 45 45 like i'm not saying even 45 40, i'm not saying like high yeah. scoring per se but just like yeah. back and forth close game yeah you know someone driving with the ball five minutes left in the fourth quarter to go win the game yeah that's what we we're expecting i at what point what when did you think the game was over like at what point mm. did you say like all right this one's done I didn't say this one's done, but the Fournette touchdown. Yeah. I was like, I was like, wait, wait, is this game over? Well, like, we- I would, I wish one of us was a real Bucks fan because I would love to know at what point Bucks fans felt like comfortable enough to say mm-hmm. like this one's done. Because obviously with Mahomes, literally anything is possible. Like that, if your narrative after this game is Mahomes is overrated, don't listen to our show, please. Literally, what game were you watching? Yeah, like. But I mean, I guess we got to start with the Tampa defensive line. I mean, I, th- I think we can both agree that obviously a game like this, Brady's going to win MVP, 
But if you could hand out like four MVP, like four co-MVP awards, it would be yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul, Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett. And now, for, um, of course, I'm forgetting who the Bucs are defensive lineman is, but the front four for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers single-handedly or quadruple-handedly, I guess, would be the quadruple-handedly, yeah. proper term. Yeah. Power? Yeah. Yeah. Quadruple-handedly. Yeah, I, I, they were the most important positional. Word, but... They were the most important positional group on the field, and it really was not close. Yeah, I mean, I'd argue that if if someone, if a coach had to win MVP, like it would have been Todd Bowles. Bowles, which is hilarious to think about, uh, considering we're both from the New York area and like we and remember the Jets, how the Todd the Bowles Jets era. fired Todd Bowles to hire Adam Gase. Okay, let's, right. Let's just but remember, not... and obviously that's you know not yeah. quite painting the whole picture, but it is pretty <laughs> funny. To think that the Jets were like, no, nah, we're done with Todd Bowles. We want uh, Adam Gase. Yeah, let's not forget Todd Bowles was not a good uh, head coach and not, did not have a lot of success when he was in New York. But, yeah, I mean, look, this is something that we had talked about on our show, right? Like, Jordan, I remember saying, like, the X Factor, he's like, if they can get pressure on the Chiefs' offensive line, like, they can make this interesting. And, again, the phrasing is, the phrasing is important there because we all agreed. We were like, yeah, you know, if they could, like, get pressure on Mahomes like he's not 100% that offensive line is as shot at it as it's been and it's been shot for most of the yeah. season like they can make the same token in- they've had injuries all season long and they've lost guys yeah. along the way that was kind of like okay well even if they're not entirely on their game like Mahomes will be fine he's Patrick Mahomes uh, yeah. but when you get pressured on 50% of your dropbacks 29 of 56 dropbacks Mahomes was pressured mm-hmm. on you're not going to win like yeah. it really it's crazy that you can boil it all down to essentially the Bucks pass rush just dominating this Chiefs offensive line. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we, we all saw some of these incompletions from Mahomes where he's scrambling for 500 yards before he even throws the ball and then mm-hmm. you know puts it on a dime to hit Tyreek Hill or Daryl the Barrel in the face mask. Daryl the Barrel. Daryl the Barrel. Or he's Josh, just he's just parallel. He's just parallel to the ground. I, that that one screenshot is like mind-blowing you look at the screenshot where it's like yeah. Mahomes laid out completely horizontal to the field they got like the Super Bowl logo right behind him it literally looks like it could be like it'd be like the cover photo if the Chiefs had won the Super Bowl and frankly it might still well, be like, have you seen have you seen that trend on TikTok where it's just like they, they do like the like album covers for like different tv shows yeah like that would be that like that was that was yes. some of the most ridiculous shit like and it it's crazy and it sucks that this is what we take away from it but like the most memorable Chiefs plays were plays like that, where Mahomes didn't get sacked. Um, because, I mean, there wasn't much there for them. They, like, they, I, there the wasn't fact, anything for them. It was the first time that Patrick Mahomes had been held to single digits probably ever. ever. Like, yeah, unless I there mean, was ever some, in the NFL. Ever since high school. Yeah. Like, unless there's some random, like, Pop Warner game where Patrick Mahomes didn't put up 10 points. Yeah. Patrick Holmes has never scored single digit points in a football game in his career. It's like we're saying Joe Burrow had never lost like Joe Burrow had never lost uh, or no, not Joe Burrow. Uh, Trevor Lawrence hadn't lost the football Lawrence, game yeah. since losing to Joe Burrow. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, I, I don't even have the words to explain. I yeah. how, frankly, how impressive it was that Patrick Mahomes was able to like, not just like give up halfway through the game. Cause I've got to think, yeah. You know, maybe after the first week of practice, maybe like, as you're getting closer to the Super Bowl, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, you realize that this offensive line probably can't block for shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to realize there are issues there. I can't imagine Andy Reid and company were entirely confident in their offensive line coming into this game. Mm-hmm. But man, like 29 pressures on 56 dropbacks. 
Yeah, but I mean, and look again. You you had said it like they had been playing with a banged up offensive line. They'd had to move right tackles to left tackle and left guard to right guard and all this and all that. But like, I mean, like like who was it? Wiley and Remmers. Just they from the right well, side. I'm sure you saw, but Mike Remmers was the same yeah. left tackle who let Von Miller win Super Bowl MVP because he beat yeah. him like a drum all game long. Yeah, and like I mean, Mike Remmers is usually a right tackle. Got move to left tackle and like Mike Remmers isn't going to set the world on fire. On the no line, disrespect to like, Mike Remmers, but he's, he's yeah. a fine league average right tackle. Yeah. But then like the, the question becomes, and like, this is not me like criticizing Andy Reed for his decisions on the offensive line. Don't, don't take it that way, but yeah. it's at what point do you decide like, okay, Remmers is a much better right tackle than he is a left tackle. And if we move Mike Remmers from right to left, then we have to move Wiley to the right tackle, which he usually plays right guard. And then we have to move, uh, was it Wisniewski, right? That it was his yeah. backup and he started at right guard. So it's like, uh, you can only make it to a certain point where you have to shuffle people in so many positions. Like I remember the Eagles had to do that in their Super Bowl run. Um, mm-hmm. Who was it? Um, I, was it was Elliot, Lane Johnson. Yeah, Lane Johnson. Like they decided to keep him on the right tackle side, even though like left tackle was wide open and like there was an injury there. And like, that, that's a risky move because obviously left tackle is quarterback blind spot and all, but like at, the chiefs just didn't have that. They didn't have that one player at least that they could be like, okay, we'll keep you there. And like, yeah, like every other position might suck, but at least we have that one. Like they didn't have that. Um, no. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that I, I don't, I don't subscribe to PFF, but I would imagine that they were like the lowest graded players, like the tackles. Like I've they, got to imagine. Yeah. I haven't actually haven't seen there. anything on Twitter of like their free stuff, but yeah. I, and if you watch that game, Mahomes, Mahomes had no time to breathe. Yeah. It's like, you know, he, did he see ghosts and kind of run himself into worse <laughs> positions than he might've The see yeah. ghost has to be, the see ghost oh, has good. to be just has to be reserved for Sam Darnold. I'm going to – I you watched the same game I did. There were a, yeah. a handful of snaps where Patrick Mahomes kind of rolled into pressure or bailed out of the pocket too early. But yeah. if you spent the whole first half getting pressured on literally every other snap you took, wouldn't you be a little, you know, happy feet? And, like, I guess gunshot is probably not the right word. But, you know, looking at the rush instead of looking downfield the way you're, like, taught yeah. to as a quarterback, yeah. He had, it's, it's just such a game-changing thing when your offensive line literally cannot pass protect. And it's interesting too, because if you, if you think about like that exact situation, right in the second half, I don't have an exact play pulled up, but like, you know, he has someone downfield or there's someone open, but what he went through in that first half where he had no protection and he knew it wasn't going to get better. Cause it's not, the chiefs don't have a back or a tight end blocking for them often. Cause and you, can, you can fault Andy Reid for some of that. I mean, they yeah. came out and fought with no help on the offensive line and 92% of their snaps, they were going just five offensive yeah. But when you yeah, can't, but that's block, when you can't block for shit anyways, it's like, yeah. all right, what are you going to do? Keep seven-man protection and have three guys? Daryl LeBarro is not going to make a difference seven? there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you got to keep Travis Kelsey in to block and not get down the field. like Exactly. And, like, yeah, that, that's what it comes down to in the end is I, I honestly don't even fault. Like, one or two plays, sure, it probably would have been a good idea to have a running back being in, you know, at least chip block before you go out for Just something. For a it's not like they weren't yeah. doing that. But. Yeah, but – but you know, I mean, what makes this Chiefs offense so dangerous is that they have so many weapons out there that you can throw to. So I, I'm not mad about that. Um, Look, I mean, when, it's, when Vita Vea is like pass rushing you, yeah, 
you've got issues on the offensive line. Vita Vea is not a pass rusher, no disrespect. But Vita Vea is not known as a pass rush threat in the NFL. And, I mean, what Bowles did with Vea, too, was was awesome. I mean, he had been hurt coming Mm -hmm. into – well, their last game that he had barely played against the Packers. Yeah. Um, and then he was much more healthy, obviously for this game, but like they moved him to the outside, like Vita Vea was all over the line. Like they had him absolutely everywhere. And we'll talk about what they did on the D line in a second, but you know, just going back to that, that last point on Mahomes is that, you know, you're pressured that much and you know, you have targets that you can throw to, but you know, you don't have time. There are plays that you're going to have someone open and, you're just not going to even look to them because you're going to be like, okay, I just have to scramble. Let's you just, just get have to get the ball out. Yeah. And not to mention, even when Mahomes did make plays, he got precisely no help from anyone else on his offense. Yeah. I, yeah. We'll, we'll get that, into that. that. Didn't help. I, it just, everyone's like, you know, Mahomes, it was 26 of 27 games Patrick Mahomes had won. And before he lost the last Super yeah. Bowl, I mean, this is the type of performance that what happens to make Patrick Mahomes lose a football game is that there he he got absolutely no help yeah it's a team sport. Um, I, you gotta yeah, have I, you know maybe some pass protection maybe not dropping passes that hit you in the face mask or not it wasn't a drop but you know bounced off his face <laughs> mask it, it, rough just su- such a it just su- just must, must have been just such a frustrating game yeah. for Mahomes because I mean he literally was doing everything humanly possible to keep yeah. the Chiefs in this game I want to talk about how the D line like affecting the O-line that much relates to the rest of your game plan. Cause there's a, uh, someone in our live commenting on uh, food for marriage. Not sure if you know who that yeah, is. No clue who that is. Shout out Ken Carlton. Hi Ken. Um, so th- this is a really good point though, because I was at work the other day and my boss was like, Hey, why didn't they just throw like screens out? Like, why didn't they just run like a, like a speed option, right? Like that, that cheese play that Mahomes just runs where he just, sprints to the right and he's got Tyreek running and no one's going to beat him off the line and look part of that you can fault Andy Reid the fact that because it did seem like they didn't have a plan b however again you you mentioned just no time to throw and -hmm. all that stuff and then you combine that with a really good game plan from the Bucs because this this doesn't just start and end with the fact that the Bucs have very good pass rushers and they got home to the to the Chiefs. This also was the fact that they completely bracketed Tyreek all game long. They yeah. were double him all game. And then at that point, I mean... The crazy thing is they didn't even completely shut down Tyreek. They shut down his deep abilities. But he had seven, yeah. he had seven catches for 70 yards. Obviously not like the... Yeah, I mean... I mean not, a, yeah. not, a, not a terrible day at the office for Tyreek. I mean, but, Travis Kelsey had over 100 yards, but those were the most empty 100 yards of the, of, uh, like ever. And the point being that... Yeah. The point being the that point, yeah. for the for the Chiefs, like it, it, they don't have four elite wide receivers. They just have one of the best wide receivers in the game and the best tight end in the game. And yeah. like that, that's all you need considering you have Patrick Mahomes and a very smart coaching staff. But if you're taking away Tyreek's ability to stretch the field and then the Bucks have enough horses that they can keep up with your other receivers, your Miko Harmons, your Byron Pringles. Um, and then, I mean, you have that Travis one- Kelsey. Just that one incompletion to Byron Pringle where it's like, it was like the play where Russ looked like he was throwing the ball out of bounds and then Tyler yeah. Lockett just like flies across the screen and catches it. Even even Byron Pringle wasn't going to help Pat Mahomes in this game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, also that was a wild throw, but I, I, don't, think, yeah, was, I don't think anyone catches that ball, honestly. 
I don't think any other quarterback in the league even makes it like a question yeah. if it could have been caught. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe Cam Newton. I don't know. Um, but I mean, look, it, it's, it's fair to say that it seemed like the chiefs didn't have a plan B, but when you don't have that deep shot to Tyreek, which is a huge part of your offense. And when you don't have Travis Kelsey underneath, cause you have Devin white completely spying him, you have Levante David there and you have, you know, a very, and Travis active, Kelsey had 10 catches. It's not like yeah. he wasn't completely blanketed, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't a game changer. Like, he, he wasn't a game changer in this game. He wasn't no a game one, changer. But no one, I don't think Travis Kelsey's – Travis Kelsey wasn't the issue there. They knew that the Chiefs were – or the, the Chiefs knew that the Bucs were going to play two safeties over the top and not let them yeah, take yeah. shots that Tyreek Hill. And so, obviously, the counter to that is like, all right, you want to play three high safeties? We'll keep throwing the ball down to Travis Kelsey. It was, frankly, outside of Travis Kelsey that no one was able to – no one was able to step yeah. up. And I think that would have been huge if if we if we got a big McCole Hardman game, maybe that would a big Sammy Watkins game, a big Sammy Watkins game. Predicted it. Just some someone other than Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill needed to break out there. But then you keep coming back to the fact that Mahomes couldn't stay in the pocket. Yeah, and I mean, like there's only so much of a there's only so much you can change about a game plan when you just cannot pass protect. Yeah. Another point I saw brought up on Twitter, I think on Monday afternoon. Was that the Chiefs do have a pretty solid screen game, but it's complex. Mm-hmm. And when you're running a completely new offensive line that you have to get up to speed just in terms of like your blitz pickups, trying to implement their whole screen game there is complicated. Yeah. It's not as simple as just like, oh, run a screenplay. Like the screenplays are complex. It's not just, it's not as simple as Madden or Stratton might make it look. <laughs> the king of screens. And, exactly. and screens and a screen is an interesting play, especially there because. You talk about when you run a screen, like you're going to have a free rusher on you. That's the whole point. They're supposed to think they're about to get home. Yeah. But you think about every other offensive lineman out there and you're playing with a, a patchwork of a team, like it's just not going to work. Like the big number that I had seen from PFF was mm-hmm. uh, under pressure in 2.5 seconds or less. There's not much you can do in 2.5 or less. And like if your game plan is like a Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers type game plan where you're just going to get the ball what? out. Excuse me, excuse me. A Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers type game plan. I said an uh, Aaron Rodgers or Jared Goff. Like, like you're comparing the reason that. that. No, I'm not comparing them. I'm saying Jared Goff gets the ball out super quick because, I mean, he can't hit the wide side of a barn with a bazooka, yeah. but he gets the ball out quick. Aaron Rodgers, the reason he's so good against the Blitz is because he gets the ball out quick. That's what I'm talking about. If you were going to have... Okay, okay. Saying, I, see, I see what you mean. Just yeah. here, the fact <laughs> that you went Goff-Rodgers back-to-back, I was like, is this guy really comparing well, Jared Goff I, to Aaron? No, I'm just I'm just thinking about quarterbacks I've seen have a lot of success against the Blitz. Like season. Patrick Mahomes, for instance. Yes, and like Patrick Mahomes. If you're going to have a game plan that you get it out that quickly... Um, you know, you have to have short passes and things there. It's one thing if you have that as your game plan. It's another thing if you don't have that much time. Mahomes on 24 plays was pressured in under 2.5 seconds. That's 43% of his plays. Brady, no. it was just three plays. I mean, that's an obviously a nice Brady's only pressured four times in the whole game. Yeah. And like we, you can honestly throw out that Brady part because we're not trying to compare here because there's, no. there's no point in trying to compare. But I mean, the Mahomes thing, I mean, you, you think about him again, not 100% with that turf toe. We don't know how much that affected him. We never will, but he's, game, he's having know, surgery today, I think. Like, No, hey, he had it yesterday. Had it yesterday, okay. So, he, I mean, even against the Bills, even against the Bills, we said he looked fine, but, like, he didn't look 100%. Like, he was still walking no, but around. There, and, just, 
it I guess didn't affect him. The complicated thing here is that the Bills and the Bucks ran real similar game plans in terms of playing mm-hmm. two high safeties, taking away the deep shots to Tyreek Hill. You know, the Bills obviously did not execute it as well as the Bucks, but it's a, it's a similar concept for their game plan. But I think the the speed of the Bucks linebackers underneath really changed yeah. this game because mm-hmm. when you can rush four guys, leave seven in coverage, put two of those are Levante David and Devin White over the middle covering guys like Travis Kelsey. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a dream for Todd Bowles. Yeah, I mean, and a nightmare always, for Andy Reid. We've talked about how talented their secondary is too. They have big physical corners that if you're going to press, like probably not going to have a lot of success against Tyreek Hill, even if you're doubling him, you know, even if you have someone over the top just because he's that fast. But yeah. if you don't have time, if, if Mahomes doesn't have time and his receivers are getting jammed at the line and everyone's just playing up because they know they don't have enough time, you, you're doomed. I mean, there's really yeah. no way around it. And, you know, it, it, it also came down to the fact that for Mahomes, like the Chiefs have been thriving on just like low percentage plays, like plays that you're like, how the fuck did he get it out there? Like, we, no we, other team. Low percentage for a reason, but we've seen Patrick yeah. Mahomes do it for three. Exactly. Years. Like, yeah, he makes them and, happen. It's crazy. And they just and they just weren't happening. And like, there were like more the, low the Tyreek the the play to Tyreek Hill on the Chiefs' second drive of the game, where the first time where Patrick Mahomes threw a perfect <laughs> ball that bounced off a guy's face mask. That's an incredibly low percentage, difficult throw to make into essentially double coverage. Yeah that 100% should have been caught for a touchdown. That's the crazy thing is Patrick Mahomes could not have put the ball in a better spot. That's exactly yeah. And You can make the case that there's only one quarterback in the league who should even be attempting that throw, but guess who attempted it? The one guy who has the right to. Yeah. And as a Chiefs fan, it's like you, you get beat so soundly. You can't boil it down to, to just one play. Mm-hmm. But like, goddamn, you had two drop touchdowns, a number of slips. You had McCole Hardman on two different plays was just like not at all on the same page as Mahomes. Yeah. I don't know if he was running the wrong route or like misread the coverage, whatever the case might have been. Mm-hmm. He just got no help. And yeah, you know, we you can talk till we can talk all day long about like what the Chiefs could have done differently in terms of their game plan. When we're just gonna we're just gonna keep repeating the same point. When you can't pass protect, when you have literally no time to move the ball. there's only so much you can do at that point yeah and i i I hate to bring it up but the first patriots giants super bowl like it wasn't you i wasn't please bring it up i mean but okay but the the point remains like it wasn't just that the giants had success in the pass rush it's the fact that they were able to do it with their front four right that was that was the whole thing with tampa here i mean they only two pressures they had you had put the stat in on 56 dropbacks 29 pressures only two of those with five plus guys like that's that's ridiculous i mean you have everyone else guarding and i mean if you really if when you boil down to it if the chiefs don't have a lot of time to get a play down like you can you feel confident going one-on-one with hardman one-on-one with pringle you double up tyreek you double up travis kelsey like what's going on on that offense if mahomes doesn't have time to make something just absolutely wild happen you don't have a lot of time uh the the most he he ran the most yards uh, before throwing or being sacked, you would put 497 down. yards. That, that's the number everyone's talking about, which is like ridiculous to think about. Someone on someone with turf toe doing that too, especially like that's <laughs> it, it, like, does, it doesn't even do make sense. Point? Exactly. It's like, you know, we, I think we, we might have mentioned, I don't even think we talked about this like on their Super Bowl preview, but just like talking to each other. You know, the only way that 
we saw the a, a blowout here would have been you know a blowout either way it would have been a complete collapse by one team or another and frankly that's what we saw with this chiefs team I and mean, their yeah. defense didn't play poorly they got penalized a lot but and the bucks offense put up 30 points a game in each of their playoff games and they put up 31 in the super bowl like if you had told me pregame that the chiefs would have to score more than 31 points to win the super bowl or that if you told me like the chiefs only needed 31 plus to win I would have felt pretty. I would have believed it. I would have yeah. been very confident in a Chiefs win there. Yeah, it was just it was the perfect storm. Um, and just last last number on the D line before we move to what the Bucks did, what the Bucks did, legacy, the whole shebang. Um, they ran stunts on ten snaps, which is very low. Um, yeah. it, like th- th- that's the classic. Just like you got an offensive line that's confused run some stunts, get some movement up front if the communication isn't quite there. But honestly, like, you, you have that successful of a pass rush, you don't really need to run stunts that often, especially if you're not bringing more than four guys. Yeah. Only, only 10 snaps they ran a stunt on. Seven pressures on them. All of those, yeah, all of those resulted in some sort of knockdown, sack, something. I mean, that is that's where the continuity like, on the offensive line becomes so key. Cause if you're playing guys at all different yeah. positions, they're not used to what, you know, they, they're not, they're not confident in whoever's playing on the left and right side of them to communicate and pick up the stunt properly. Like I forget, I think it was like two or three years ago, the Giants season opener against Dallas, Dallas mm-hmm. ran stunt. It was, I think it was the last year Eric Flowers was playing left tackle for us. So oh. obviously not good, but they, like, was that we're, Justin Pugh still? I think Pew was gone at that point. The sh- short arm Pew. <laughs> short arm. That is what they call him. That's what they call him. Short arm Justin Pew. Um, but just like every time the Cowboys ran a stunt, it got it got through completely unblocked. And it was the same deal with the Chiefs and the Bucks in this game. Every time the behind 70% of your stunts turned into pressures. I can't imagine the other three were like perfect pass protection. I just a, a bad day to be a Chiefs offensive lineman. Yeah. Um I the good news is, I, I I don't say this for anyone, but like they'll be back. Like they're yeah. they're the only team I confidently say like I have zero doubt they'll be back. Exactly, barring injury or like God knows what. Yeah, which you can't predict for. No. Um, let, let's talk about the Bucks offense because this like spoke volumes to me. The fact that no one had a wild day. No. Catching the ball. Um, and that was the case all season long. Like Mike Evans is a top five receiver in the league. Only guy with, and, it's nuts. He's the only receiver with seven consecutive, a thousand yard seasons. Yeah. Start his career. And you he think about came into the league. Who he had to play with. He spent the first six of those with famous Jameis. <laughs> yeah. Like just consistency. He's consistently done nothing yeah. but eat since he got into the league. Uh, Evans and Godwin or one of the best one-two punches in the league. And they have a lot of weapons on offense. And we said at the beginning of the season, this was obviously going to be beneficial for Brady in the end. But, like, the fact that Cameron Brait was their leading receiver uh, in the playoffs. Like, Evans and Godwin combined for three catches for 40 yards. Like, they didn't do that much. And, obviously, Evans yeah. had that huge pass interference uh, in the end zone, like Scotty Miller was the leading. Oh, we'll talk. We'll while. talk about that one. Yeah, like it, it. It just came down to the fact that everyone on the Bucks bought in, and like that, you have to put some stock into to the fact that like Brady came in, and Evans and Godwin were like 
we love this guy here. Like we just want to win. Yeah. And like, that's just the kind of mindset he brings to the locker room. Oh, no, he's a winner. I mean, he's what yeah. 21st year in the league. Yes. He's 43 years old. Been in the yeah. league for fucking yeah. ever. Like, yeah. I mean, 21 of 29 is nothing crazy. 201 yards, three touchdowns. Well, but no, but he, it's, it's exactly yeah, the type of surgical. game you want. It's look, we say it all the time. We love game managers here at second floor sports. Yeah. That's a game I'm manager. That line. Game manager. That's yeah, a game manager stat game line. Manager. That's the point I'm trying to make is that's a game manager stat line. 200 yards, three touchdowns. What, a one-yard touchdown to AB. The uh, other one, Gronk had the other two. One was like a 20-yard, yeah. he was wide open at the end zone. Yeah. How long was it? It was like a six-yard completion to Gronk. It was something short. Yeah, something like that. It was in the, yeah, in the back of the end zone. Yeah. Yeah. Three short touchdowns. Mm-hmm. But Brady wasn't asked to do anything special. We didn't yeah. need to see Brady go run down the field for a game-winning drive. He executed, ran the game plan to damn near perfection. I mean, okay, yeah. What do you want? Twenty-nine of twenty-nine. Yeah, it's and the the key to the Bucks offense in this one was Ronald Jones and playoff Lenny. No, no, he has a different name now. You see his new name? No, I don't think so. Lombardi Lenny. Wow. Lombardi Lenny, baby. What about Lombardi yeah. Lashawn, man? Oh yeah, he he is back to back. Not a single snap played. Nope. Love to see it. Absolutely love to see him ride the coattails. Ugh. He's a uh, he's making a he's making a run for uh for like James Jones and uh, Pat McCall in the NBA. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got James be Jones, there. one of two players in NBA history to make six consecutive NBA Finals. Don't forget it. Uh, uh, but Ronald Jones and and Lombardi Lenny. 28 carries, 150 yards, a touchdown, averaging 5.3 yards a carry. Like you talk about, you talk about what you have to do to beat Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. And you talk about what Brady and his offense need to do, especially in Brady's later years of his career, where he's not quite the arm talent he used to be. If you're running for 150 yards. I don't know, man. Can you still say that? Like not quite the arm talent he used to be. Yeah, I can say that. They, st- they still have one of the best downfield attacks in the NFL this season. You want a 30-year-old Tom Brady or a 43-year-old Tom Brady? I guess I'd rather take a 30-year-old, but like... I'm, I'm not saying... He just won his fucking seventh Super Bowl. I'm saying he's not the arm talent he used to be. Is that a hot take? Am I fucking missing something here? I I, I mean, I just I just don't think you can still even say that considering the season he had throwing the ball downfield. Like The point I'm trying to make here, I, if we want to talk Brady, I, I'll do a whole goddamn three-hour episode with you. Gladly. But when you can surround him, this is the point I'm trying to make, when you can surround him with a very effective running game and a defense that's locking down the best offense we've ever seen in the NFL in the last four or five years, mm-hmm. goddamn, like that's how Brady's going to win football games. That's how anyone's going to win football games, but especially a guy like Brady who's not going to make mistakes. Fair. And playoff line, he had four catches. Yeah, well, that, third that was the big thing. The game. I mean, that, that, that was the big thing is that like, Fournette couldn't catch the ball to save his life all season. Like he, yeah. he was not a good pass catching. Never back. has been. And like, and like that's that's kind of what we were like. That's that's why it was kind of weird when they signed him. They were like, okay, well they have they have Ronald Jones, and like that's probably going to be your lead back. Um, he can't catch the ball. You need someone big that can probably pass protect if possible, but also catch the ball. And like Fournette is not that guy. And all of a sudden Lombardi Lenny like is good at catching the ball. And this is a guy that like. Like no two weeks ago, no, no, two weeks ago, like dropped three passes. Like, so like, I, this kind of came out of nowhere. It kind of didn't, but like, 
No, I'm sorry. It was the game before. It was the divisional round that he had dropped three passes. Okay. And then against the Packers, against the Packers, the real turning point of that game in the second half was they were just like, all right, fuck it. Like, just start throwing to Leonard Fournette. And, like, he's just – like, he had, like, five catches on their touchdown drive that really put him ahead. Like, like it, it, it's – it was weird. But, like, there were so many different factors that – came into play and finally just converged. And like, that was, that was always going to be the big thing for the bucks is that we, we know about the struggles that quarterbacks have in their first year with Bruce yeah. Arians um, and Brady. Completely but also, it's like, water. Obviously, you know, Tom Brady, you kind of expect to be the, yeah. The exception to the rule there. But, but I mean, there is a consistency with quarterbacks that had struggled in their first year. And again, the quarterbacks I'm about to name are a lot worse than Tom Brady, but there's just like last week when you compared Patrick Mahomes to who was it? Nick Foles and Blake Bortles. No, I didn't compare them. Idiot. I'll find the tape, man. No, it was Josh Allen. It was Josh Allen. No, that, yeah. You compared Josh Allen to Blake Bortles and Nick Foles. I didn't compare them. It wasn't Pat Mahomes. No, I didn't compare. You know exactly what you said. No, I know you're just trying to reel me in. You know Um, exactly what you said. And it's working and it's working. (laughs) Um, No, so um, now I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, exactly. What was I talking about? Score one for the good guys. No, okay, no. So uh, quarterbacks first years under Bruce Arians, like Carson Palmer, Jameis Winston, Andrew Luck. Not as good as Tom Brady, but no. not bad quarterbacks. All of them, mm-hmm. all of them, every single quarterback, every single quarterback that has ever played under Bruce Arians in his first ever year, this is according to PFF. So obviously it backs up my beliefs. No, actually, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with them. So I think, okay. So it only happens. So, so, so it's true for me, false for you. Yes. Exactly. Um, every quarterback in their first year under Bruce Arians system has had 40 turnover worthy plays, Tur- plays that either ended up in a turnover or should have ended up in a turnover. Mm-hmm. Of Brady with four more games played. Cause obviously he won the Super Bowl, yep. had a total of 14. That's, That's ridiculous. And the amount of the fact that like their average depth of target was like eight and a half this year. Like it, he wasn't just dinking and dunking all no. season. And he did this game. I think it was like four and a half or six, something like that. Like this six, game, but like, yeah, my homes was yeah, like, like five and a half, cares? which is the lowest of his career. Yeah. But like, who cares? It's a super bowl. You do whatever you, you do you can you to win it. Yeah. But like the, the fact that he was so good and played such a clean season under Arians and like, I, what was it? It was, he had, Arians had a quote that was like, it takes until about week 12 for quarterbacks to get very comfortable in my system. And like, I mean, yeah, which is weird, but like we talked about it. Like, Bucks hadn't lost since week 12. Exactly. Exactly. Crazy. And shit. like, uh, and like something we had talked about, like earlier in the season, we were like, Brady's just like missing reads. And yeah. like, we know this is something that happens in Arians system, but like, it's Tom fucking Brady. Like, how is he just missing reads now? Um, but I mean, they all bought in. Everything came together. It, I just can't believe he fucking did it, man. I I really can't. If you want to transition into legacy, we can. Unless you got. I mean, I got nothing else on that. I mean, you you put this in. Where's this ranking the most impressive Brady? Oh wait, wait. Let's 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 talk about refs. Let's talk about the refs before we get into legacy and big picture okay. stuff. Okay. Okay. So I, I uh, want to know not the best, thought. not the best day for the officials, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, I let's be real. Let, let's also preface it by saying it did not affect the outcome. Uh, it certainly was. It was a factor, I'd say. I, the, 
They had a whole other. The the second quarter, the Chiefs had 90 penalty yards, which is the most in a quarter in Super Bowl history. That's not good. Yeah. But I'm going to read you a Terry McCauley quote here. Uh Uh-huh. I don't know exactly. Friend of the show, Terry McCauley. Friend of the show, Terry McCauley. Uh, I don't know exactly which two holding calls he's referencing here. I assume he's talking about the two on that last drive for the Bucks at the end of the first half. Well, wait, what was the second one? Because one of them was on uh, on Matthew in the end zone, right? That game. That, well, that was the worst one. Down. That was the most egregious one. Yeah. Uh, well, there were two. There were two. Yeah. There were two tough ones on Tyrone. Here's the quote: Neither defense. It was a tweet, for what it's worth. Neither defensive hold called on KC comes close to the standard we saw the entire season for that call, and certainly not what we saw in Bucks Packers. That's the frustrating part. Is we watched yeah. a Bucks Packers game where guys got to play physical, and you let you know let the boys play, swallow the whistle, whatever whatever say you want to throw in there. And that's just not what we saw in the Super Bowl, and it's frustrating that we have to sit here on a Wednesday after the Super Bowl and talk about like inconsistent officiating. Yeah. yeah, it was 31-9. If this was a closer game, I'm sure there'd be a lot more stink about the refs in this game. Yeah. And there were, there were a few ticky-tack calls against the Chiefs, I would say. The holding to negate the interference on Tyre Matthew, was it a hold by the book? Yeah. The, the interception, you mean. The holding to negate the interception. That's what right? I said, yeah. Oh, no, you did. I think you said... Uh, but the holding to negate the interception by yeah. Tyre Matthew, which would have been a huge interception... Mm-hmm. hold you know a brief hold away from the ball and you call that in the super bowl that's a tough one to swallow it's yeah it's when you slow it down it looks like holding but in the, in the speed of the game i think it's a call that could have been called or could have not been called it was close uh the pi to set the bucks up at the one was just a disaster of a call so in the in the end zone well the pi that? that they called in the end zone to put the bucks at the one yeah i i 10 thought yards that... out of the back of the end zone it was entirely I, I unnatural thought... I thought that one was significantly worse than the uh, than, than the interception one, and I thought oh I thought yeah, that one... the interception one was close, but I'd say pretty ticky tack. And I thought I thought the Matthew one in the end zone was I thought that was the worst one. I thought that was worse than the Mike Evans one. I had I had less of an issue. I, I didn't I don't love it, but I had less of an issue with the Evans one. But a couple of those directly led to Buck scores, and it's like. Yeah. It's like Terry McCauley tweeted, you know, the, the frustrating part of it is that it's not this. We saw the whole Bucks Packers games where they let guys play through so much contact. And that's frankly what I want to see in the Super Bowl. I don't want to see a team get penalized 10 times in a quarter. Yeah. Like that sucks. Did you it, think, did you think that was the right call for the Evans call? In the end zone? That's tough. No, no. Or Mike Evans when he was streaking down the left side. Yeah. Cause he, he, he got tripped up. And then, and then he kind of sold, he kind of slid at the he end. He got tripped up, but it, so did whoever the hell was on him, Bashad Breland. Yeah. Well, like their well, feet, well, it's so tough because like their feet get tangled, but then Breland falls into his legs. It's like, I see that. I think, I think it was, I think it was a pass interference. And like, I think it's, it's tough to not call that, but it's like, that, that's incidental contact. It's, it's like, exactly, it's incidental contact, and you give the benefit to the bucks there which is frustrating it's frustrating but at the end of the day you got to remember i mean incidental contact but him tripping maybe prevented mike evans from laying out that's that's what they explained when when they were talking to but it's like if the trip is because they just got their feet like you don't call that when two guys get their feet tangled up and both guys go down yeah exactly it's tough frustrating there's also calls where like mccall hardman lining up right like like in the fucking backfield on the field goal that's just inexcusable yeah 
you know, the, the penalties weren't the biggest issue for the Chiefs. It was the it was tough offensive playoffs line. for Mecole Hardman, I'll say. Yeah. Because, like, I, no one's going to remember that screen he took, like, 50 yards uh, against the Bills. But. Yeah, I mean, just we'll, – we'll talk about legacies here in a second. But just the, the lack of help for Patrick Mahomes is it's just yeah. disappointing. I mean, they're obviously, like, the one we were talking about earlier where he's fucking horizontal to the field and throws a 30-yard laser that hits Daryl the I'm looking at the picture now. It's just, like – It's stupid. It's – does not make a lick of sense how Patrick Mahomes put this ball uh, in literally the perfect spot. No. Like Disapp- disappointing we didn't get to see those that were like actually completed type thing. Disappointing we didn't get to see Patrick Mahomes like stand in the pocket for more than two seconds. <laughs> but like that one hit Daryl Daryl Williams in the face. Who knows if that, that was late in the game? Who knows if that really would have changed things? But it was in the fourth quarter, and it's Mahomes. You can never fully count out Patrick Mahomes. And the Tyreek dropping a touchdown, the Tyreek. Tyreek dropping the touchdown on the Chiefs' second drive of the game. That's huge. That's a complete game changer there. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey had a big drop on third down. He also slipped a few times on the field, which yeah. is kind of weird. Like I said earlier, Hardman missed a couple of reads. It's like this is exactly the type of game. This is how you hope the Chiefs play when you're playing them, is that everyone just doesn't chip in. And it's and Mahomes like we- by himself. We had gone through so many scenarios before and like we went through them with Jordan and everything and all three, like none of us at any point said the Chiefs don't show up, the pass rush completely decimates them and the Bucks win in a blowout. Like that was just, yeah. we didn't That's see that. that. How, see do, you that see, how do you see that coming with this Chiefs team? Like, you don't. I like, even if you had seen the Bucks winning, like, like you didn't think, a, yeah, you didn't think it was going to be a, a three score, like, yeah, not necessarily a blowout per se, but it's like a dominant. Yeah, win. score wise, score wise, it wasn't a blowout. But at at what point did you think the Chiefs were gonna win it? And like, not not just because it's the Chiefs and it's Patrick Mahomes and he can come back and do anything. But like, at what point? Well, no, did we you said think this after the the Lombardi Lenny touchdown. At that yeah. point, I at the, up until then, I still thought like, all right, the Chiefs can make something happen here. Yeah. Okay. But but even then, right? Uh, that, that's what I'm saying. Like even then not counting just the chiefs being this magical creature that can make anything happen. Like even before then, like the bucks were the better team. Like the yep. bucks were still in control. Like they, at no point did the chiefs look like the better team. No. Um, but like you said, they are magicians. It's Patrick Mahomes. You can, yeah. you can never fully count them out. But after that Fournette touchdown, it was like, oh, okay. I'm gonna make myself Can you go make myself another plate of food? Gonna, gonna <laughs> settle in for the rest of this one. Yeah. Uh, at that point, you just knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Let's talk some legacy uh, because we had talked before about who stand, who stood the most to gain. Jordan said Brady. I didn't agree with that. Well, the law of diminishing returns, man. He's already the best yeah, quarterback. Or, or, or Mahomes. He said Mahomes. Sorry. He had oh, said okay. Mahomes, not Brady. Um, I, Mahomes doesn't lose anything from – no, losing the Super Bowl. If anything, Mahomes like only... gained some like brownie points for some brownie doing points. Yeah, <laughs> literally everything that is humanly possible on a on turf toe to yeah. keep the Chiefs in this game. What I take away legacy wise from this is it's just that much harder for Mahomes now, and yeah. and it's not. I mean, he's he was on his way, and like if if he had won this one back to back Super Bowl champs, like you already checked that off, and like. Starting to make some progress on Brady. You're still four away. Like, well, you yeah, still the got crazy a long way to go. Everyone's talking about like Mahomes on the pass to the goat. Like, he's, what's he going to do? Win like four straight Super Bowls and close the gap by the time he's yeah. 30? Like, but, no, I, mean, I don't you think. You also so. got to remember, you also got to remember that 
uh, Brady didn't win a Super Bowl for like 10 years. Yeah. So no, like, it was in a rare article I was reading. Brady went almost a decade without winning a Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. So like, you know, I mean, Mahomes wins two already in his first three seasons. Then you're like, oh, okay. okay like he's okay. on his way to do it. I mean, now it's just, instead of it being four, it's six again. Like, it, exactly. it, th- that's all it does is that it just makes it that much harder. And then Kelsey and Gronk, right? Because no one was thinking Kelsey was the GOAT tight end. And honestly, Gronk might not even be the GOAT tight end. I think he is. But I mean, there's a little bias. Like, it, it's just so tough for tight ends. Like, yeah, Gronk's got the rings, but like Antonio Gates. Yeah, Tony Gonzalez. So. Tony Gonzalez, like guys, I guys who did it for so much longer than Gronk, and I love Gronk. Gronk is the only Patriots yeah. player I've ever liked, and like literally the only Such Patriots player I've ever liked. He's fortunate, not the Gronk, not to discredit Gronk as a tight. He's one of the best tight ends that I've ever seen play. Mm-hmm. But you know, put him on a team that put him not with Tom Brady for eight years and see what it's. We can. It's a tough game to play. Probably not too bad. He's probably not bad, yeah, but, but it's an impossible. Even, it's an impossible game. Is he in that conversation without Brady? I don't know. Mm, uh, maybe. Um, but re- regardless, like it seemed like Kelsey was making some noise and like he was getting there, and then Gronk. Well, it's not like Travis Kelsey's like, about to retire. He's thirty. <laughs> yeah. Gronk he's thirty and is going to continue to play with Patrick Mahomes probably for the rest of his career. He might end up being the goat, but very um, possible. I mean, for. Gronk was kind of this was this was a fun like little Gronk statement like yeah I know you probably have next but like I, I won some Super Bowl rings I retired this was back. three for Gronk this was three for Gronk Let's see Rams this Rams one. Seahawks this Seahawks one. right yeah and Falcons yeah. oh so four four wow. four, four for Gronk that's not bad no um. And I mean, it was kind of just like, yeah, I, I basically looked like I, I didn't know how to play football for the first like 12 weeks of the Literally. season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and catch two touchdowns uh, here. Shout out, uh, shout out our boy, Dan Miller, who was in the live before. I don't think he's Max. here anymore. Uh, he had put Gronk first touchdown score. Did he? I didn't see that. Fucking animal. That's cool. absolute, an- absolute animal, that kid. Uh, yeah. All right. So where does this rank for Brady? I mean, the what Super do you Bowl? think? Yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty unanimous that Super Bowl 53 was like the worst and most boring Super Bowl of our lifetime. Um, where I mean, truly nothing happened. We had a, <laughs> just a great time watching that Super Bowl. Oh, I, dude, it was, we were all just like. It was just, it's like, A, I think that, that Super Bowl made me realize that I don't love Super Bowl parties. Like, I want to watch the game. I don't want to, I don't want to. Shots fired. I don't love Super Bowl parties. Like I'm fine watching it with some friends, but like I don't want to watch Shots it. Like fired at that Super Bowl party. I don't want to watch it with 35 other people. I want to watch it. It, was, wanna... a, it was a crowded apartment. It was a very crowded walk, apartment with some and good food. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, um, but I'd say this is probably <laughs> right above Super Bowl 53 for Brady. Wow, you have it that low. I mean, look at Brady's Super Bowl wins. Which one? It's not better than any of his first three. Yeah, I have it like top five. Well, okay, so it's okay. So it's not better than any of his first three. It's not better than Seattle. Okay, so it, it's not. It's not better than the Falcons one. It's not Obviously better than not. Seattle. Obviously um, not. It's not better than the the first Rams one because that was his first one. Yep. Um, it's not better than Eagles. He uh oh the first Eagles one yeah yeah first Eagles one where he because that was when he went back to back. 
and then honestly I have but even then like even then I I could I could see it as high as four like I don't think it's even close honestly all right I I I, I I top to bottom do yeah. what you want. All right. Falcons is probably his most impressive Super Bowl win. Falcons is Falcons is has to be a one. Uh Seattle, Seattle is probably two. Then yeah. his first two where he led game winning drives. I've got to put it three and four. Yeah. Well, well the first one, especially because it was against the Rams. Like, well, the first one was, the like, show was like the biggest yeah. upset in Super Bowl history yeah. up until a certain yeah. point. But I mean that's his first four. Do you put it? I, I don't no, I we, think we, it's we said three there. We said three there. No, Atlanta's are you, are you Seattle, the, first two. Yeah, yeah. Those first okay. two were St. Louis and Carolina. The third yeah. one was Philly, which was also a game-winning field goal. Yeah. Well, like the and like the Carolina one, he had a had himself a hell of a game. Although you weren't a like, Patriots fan yet, which is interesting. I was also five years old. I remember the game. Like, do you? Yeah, I do actually. That's wow. the first Super Bowl I remember. You remember things at five years old? You can't even remember what you had for breakfast like yesterday. Like I remember sports shit. Like, okay, okay. Like, you don't have random fucking knowledge about, like, the 2003 Spurs tucked away yeah. then there? Fair enough. But then you're like, oh, my bad, bro. I forgot to text you if we could record today. Like, come on. We all forget stupid shit. I don't – I think it's as – I think it's just above the Rams Super Bowl, honestly. I, I honestly, like – He didn't – there's no iconic moment. There's no crazy stat line. It was a boring Super Bowl I, that Brady played – I mean, the, the iconic the iconic moment is 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 the fact that Brady left the team he had he was with the whole time. He's forty three years right, old. Well, that's a reference. That's talking about Brady's goes, entire legacy. You asked me to rank his Super Bowl wins. Okay, no, I'm asking you to rank. I'm asking you to rank which one is more impressive. And it's not just the Super Bowl. I mean, it's the, it's, well, it's that's a, a whole that's a whole different discussion. Well, that's why I put where does this rank in most impressive Brady Super Bowls? And it doesn't have to be what which was his best game because. But Brady's going to another another conference. First time he's leaving the Patriots, he's going to the he's going to a team in the same division as Drew fucking Brees. He has to go through Aaron Rodgers yeah. in the conference as well. New system, new everything. He's forty three years old. Like he looked like he was shot, and he comes to a new team. He's forty three. He fucking wins. Like it, it's ridiculous. That that's I why know. I have it up above. I, the I don't think it's. It. I don't think that changes anything for me. Well, because if you're gonna go like, if you're gonna go like pure stat line, then like it's above the first Rams win. But like the first Rams win was a crazy upset, and you know it was his first Super Bowl. Like, I think we're looking. I think we're looking at this in a very different light. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it puts it above the Eagles one too. If 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 that's the argument, just stat his first wise. Eagles one. Yeah, that, yeah, definitely not. There's no second Eagles one. Yeah, true. Because they lost. That's funny. Um, okay. I don't know. I think it's, and I think frankly, we're gonna look at this Bucks. Look back on this Bucks team as one of the best teams that Brady's been able to play on. I mean, you look at the talent they have on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, Mike Evans. Whatever you want to, you know, is he top five or not? Who knows? He's the only guy in NFL history with seven consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons to start his definitely career. Definitely top ten. Chris Godwin's an all pro. He's got Gronk and Cameron great. Not like those two are lighting the world up, but a very good tight end duo. One of the best defenses in the league all season long. It's one of the most complete teams Brady has played on. I can't, I can't wait until like in like three or four years when Leonard Fournette is probably like irrelevant. And we're just like, and we're just like, 
oh fuck like leonard fournette was on that like oh that was, i can't believe we're forgetting about this but an elite offensive line led by none other than ali marpet Mar- shout out shouts out man first d3 like, player to get a ring um i have no idea pierre, pierre garçon doesn't have one. Oh, haushka has one yeah Hauschka he's, not, he's one. not a through and through d3 guy is he not he, he played a couple he didn't play in the liberty league he transferred did he i thought he played a yeah no, he ended up going D1, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he did. I double-checked that. I'm pretty sure Steve I'm looking Nash right now. Ended. Okay. Um, oh, he did a grad year at NC State. Okay. Yeah. So, like, still counts. Yeah, still, still great, counts. But, he yeah. played four years at D3. I think he can call him a D3 player. Okay. Uh, anything else? On the Super Bowl? That's all I got. All right. Uh, this is a non-story for now, but it was interesting that it came up, and it's Russell Wilson not being happy with how the Seahawks are doing some stuff. He wants to have uh, more of a say in personnel decisions. He's not happy with the amount of times he's gotten hit so uh, far. Can, I, can you blame him? He has he's got the point. most. He's been sacked the most times in his first in anyone's first nine seasons since 1970, when the AFL and the NFL merged. 394 sacks. That's and one lot. of the one of the knocks on Russell Wilson, like it is on Deshaun Watson, to a to a degree coming into the season, was the fact that they're mobile quarterbacks. Sometimes they they run themselves back sometimes. Yeah, uh, this was interesting too. PFF charted uh, how many sacks were the quarterbacks' fault. I don't know how they do this. Well, um, just like a, a play where you like makes it, you know, you yeah. scramble out of the pocket. Like, oh, well, you run around for seven seconds and then get sacked. Like, what do you want your offensive yeah. line to do there? Yeah, I don't know what like the threshold or line is. is I don't think you could, I don't think there's really yeah. a, it's somewhat, you literally have to like go through the tape and be like, okay, like, yeah, you know, That's offensive true. line blew, blew a block. That's their yeah. fault. Russ runs around for 12 seconds with no protection and gets hit. That's Russ's fault. Yeah. Tied second most in the NFL. I wonder who is. I wonder who was first. I'm not sure who was first. I don't know. Deshaun. Probably Deshaun. Honestly, no. Probably Carson Wentz. Probably Carson Wentz. Honestly. Oh, that's very possible. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um. So you know that Carson Wentz. I. I, He has a point. It's a non-story. I mean, we kind of just wanted to talk about it. The fact that well, it's 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 notable that Russ of all people is going to come out and say something about it. That's why it's like. I don't, again, it's until we hear about like, you know, teams apparently called Seattle like a couple of weeks ago about trading for Russ. And obviously the Seahawks were like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Guy. But is this Russell Wilson's way of kind of like putting some pressure on the front office? And probably that's I, what so else me, Russ isn't going to come out and say something like this just to like stir the pot and make, yeah. make storylines. That's not who he is. I doubt he wants to go anywhere either. I mean, you have a very good head coach. You have a pretty good head coach, but admittedly it's been, and we, we talked about Brady going 10 years almost without a Super Bowl win. Yeah. After Russ won his first Super Bowl, it looked like it was Russell Wilson's league. Yeah. And now yeah. they've had a couple, obviously they got, they got back to the Super Bowl after that. And uh, some, some things happened. They lost. <laughs> Come on. But, if you're going to bring up the Giants ones, you got to bring up yeah, the, the fair, ones fair. Too. Pete Carroll was like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna win this game. But <laughs> actually, fuck that. <laughs> dude, every time I like obviously with like Super Bowl coverage this past week, there's been so many like throwbacks, and it's just like 
every time you see that Russell Wilson interception on the goal line. Dude, that game was just It's so just like, wild, what like, on earth were you thinking, Pete Carroll? That, that game was so wild. But I forgot they had a timeout, too. Yeah. They had a timeout left. They yeah, could have run yeah. the ball and stopped the clock again. Well, Marshawn got stopped on, like, the one. And, yeah. we were, and, and I was like – got stopped was on like, the one, but after getting hit at, like, the six. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, like oh, dragged fuck, guys. And he's like, all right, bro. this is a touchdown. It's over. And, and just the just the, the memory of Roger Sherman's face just oh, – ah. like. Just disgusting. Roger Sherman or Richard Sherman? Yeah, yeah, not Roger Sherman from The Ringer. I, I love him. Yeah, me too. Um, uh, just yeah. some numbers on on uh, the Seahawks, how much money they've been spending on the O-line. Uh, it's per year from 2021 to 2015 in, uh, in descending order. 31st, 26th, 15th, 26th, 26th, 32nd, and 30th. That doesn't tell all the story, obviously. No, but, the, the, I, but I couldn't find the Seahawks' exact draft history with their offensive linemen, but it hasn't been good, presumably. It hasn't been successful sure. either. Like, well, that's yeah. the thing. Like, you can find good offensive offensive linemen later in the draft. Yeah. Like Quinn Miners, for example. Mm-hmm. But I'm, it's a non-story. Until, it's a non-story until something changes. Yeah. Until we hear that the Seahawks are like actually listening on Russ trades, or mm-hmm. are trying to, or are act, I mean, who knows? It's it's interesting that Russ came out and made made a statement about it. Yeah, uh, let's talk some NBA. We got two things we want to talk about. Yep. Uh, one of them involving the Knicks. I'll let you take the lead on this one. So uh, if you end up keeping up with the Knicks, Dennis Smith Jr. had completely fallen out of the rotation with the Knicks. Just. I think like 12 straight DNP CDs just not on the basketball court for the New York Knicks. And so he was on the trademark. Dominic and Sue. That's the last D lineman. Yes. You're welcome. Continue. Cause you, is that cause you looked at the, Oh, I guess I absolutely. Look at I looked right at the mailbag. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I was like, I was like who is that? Um, but so then Dennis Smith had said he wanted to go to the G league and the Knicks were fully prepared to assign him to the G league, but I guess they, wanted to test the market. I mean, this Derek Rose news broke or the interest came out like a week, week and a half ago that the Knicks were kind of talking about yeah. Derek Rose. And then trade. it really heated up like 24 hours before. Yeah. And then it ended up happening. The Knicks trade Dennis Smith and a second rounder to Detroit for Derek Rose. I mean, my only question here is why? That's, that's my only question. It's simple. I just want to know why. I, I mean, this is, I, this is concerning to me if I'm a Knicks fan because yep. the, the thing with yes, the thing with Thibodeau, the thing with Thibodeau is that like he has done a good job of, for the most part, playing his young guards. Like he's been playing quickly a lot more, but then like two well, days quickly ago, has made it pretty damn impossible to not yeah. play him at this point. I mean, like what? Like two days ago, he played like nine minutes, something 13, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like there's no reason that guy should be playing less than 15 minutes a night. If he's playing playing 25, like the whole point for the Knicks this season is developing, developing the young guys and more so just seeing what they have. Someone like Nilakina, this has to be the last straw for him. Nilakina's done. I've, you can put it on the record. I've, I've given up my, my Frank Nilakina stand him. I mean, he doesn't play it's he's been on the team for four years. Like if they thought he could, this is a big day. If they thought he could get on the NBA floor at this point, I think he'd be on the court. But now the Knicks have so many goddamn guards on this roster. I mean, you got Wait, RJ. I, I, need to, I need a second. I need a second to to digest that. We're like 
we're like a month we're like a month removed from you being like oh Nilakina hit four threes in a game this could be it yeah and we're also a month from him being on an nba court yeah fair enough. he was hurt for a little bit at least. he was hurt but like he's been yeah. healthy since what i'm concerned about with Thibodeau is the fact that like it's documented and it's not like this is just Thibodeau, but like, you know, he stays true to his guys. Like, yeah. like someone like Taj Gibson that they had brought in back. Like there's no reason you need Taj Gibson on that team. And he's like, mm. yeah, you know, I play with Taj Gibson for a while. I'll bring him back. The only person missing right now is Carlos Boozer. Bring him in. Back. Carlos Boozer with the spray on hair. And like, oh I understand that there is, there is value to bringing in a veteran guard like Derrick Rose, who's played yeah. under Thibodeau before, to help out young guys like R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly. But then you just look at the sheer number of guards the Knicks have on the roster. R.J., Emmanuel Quickly, Austin Rivers, a.k.a. the best shooter in NBA history. Of course, yeah. Uh, Alfred Payton, Alec Burks. Wasn't playing badly. Like, Payton? Alfred Payton. Yeah. There was one sequence of the Knicks Heat game last night. Like, I know, it was a close game. Knicks ended up losing by two. or yeah. Knicks lost by two, and R.J. Barrett missed a game-tying layup. Mm-hmm, yeah. as the time as the clock expired that was tough uh, but rj Emmanuel quickly austin rivers alfred payton alec burks reggie bullock plays the two and the three but he's perfectly apparently fine reggie bullock is it's it Bull- it's bullock like it's it's i reggie, reggie bullock, bullock. Reggie bullock. He, he's been bullock's been in the league for like a minute seven yeah, years a vet i always said reggie bullock and I Man. swear to God, I always heard people say Reggie Bullock. And then I was listening. I remember I was driving back to New York from North Carolina the day of the opening game for the Knicks. And I heard, I heard Ed Cohen, shout out, oh, um, say, say Reggie Bullock. And I was like, that's weird. And then oh. I was watching a Knicks game and I heard Breen say Reggie Bullock. Bye. And I was like, Yes, it's Reggie Bullock now. Like, have we been saying it wrong the whole time? Reggie Did Bullock, he... the Knicks guard forward hybrid. Apparently. Uh, and Nilakina, who is presumably out of the rotation at this point. Yeah. But like, it, this is pretty much in order of like guys that I want to be getting minutes. RJ Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, Alec Burks, just because we need three point shooting from he's our best. He's, we need a three-point shooter yeah. at the guard position. I mean, quickly has been all right from deep. And RJ, RJ's been hitting them lately, honestly. But it's just so many goddamn guards. It's like we need – obviously, RJ Barrett's getting his minutes. But I need Emmanuel quickly to be playing, like, starting point guard minutes. Yeah. And, I mean, Derek Rose kind of just subs in for Dennis Smith Jr. Like, this is kind of – in terms of what you gave up, like, this is – Well, but it's not even subs in because Dennis Smith wasn't playing. Like, literally was exactly. not playing. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. And in terms of a roster spot, it's just like a swap and you give up a, a second rounder. Like, that's fine if Derrick Rose is actually going to help you. Derrick Rose has been good, And I think like, Derrick Rose does – it does help. Like, it's not like – it's not entirely – I'm surprised. I'm surprised this is where Derrick Rose wanted to go. I mean, he was – he had a really successful first stint in New yeah. York. He likes Tibbs. I mean – Yeah, I, it, it makes sense there. But, like, I really expected to see Derrick Rose go to, like, the Clippers, go to some sort of – a contender team that needs are you guard. saying the Knicks aren't a contender that's crazy that's exactly what I'm saying oh well, I mean with Derrick Rose back we got to bring back the quote people are saying us and the Warriors we're the super teams here oh Dude, I'm telling you it really oh. it continues to be like I, I forgot how frustrating watching the Knicks be like semi-competitive is yeah and the end of last game the end of last game uh, last night's game I was, was the amount of times this season that I've like watched the last five minutes of the Knicks game like on my feet yelling at my tv yeah like three times as many times in the last four seasons. I mean, you want to talk about rough, man. Like, 
my Spurs got blown got out by, smoked by the Warriors. Night. Well, I mean, the, well, you want to hear the worst part about that is that I, I had a late night at work yesterday. I got back and I, I got back. I think when I got to the grocery store, because I really need to get food, it was halftime, 50-50. I was like, bet. I get back. It's the beginning of the fourth quarter. Or, or no, it's like, it's like midway through the third quarter. And we're down by like 18. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? happened? They were like four or five from three. Like, and so I didn't really get to watch my Spurs play yesterday, yeah. which is rough. Um, last point we want to make on the NBA. Real interesting. Hilarious. Hilarious. Interesting, but also really funny. Uh, the Mavs have decided to stop playing the national anthem before the game. The a best part funny here. jokes about wait, 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 a lot of funny jokes about the fact that they have so many European players that it's like they might as well just play the Slovakian anthem. <laughs> like really funny shit. The best part, Ben, would you like to tell everyone? They had already stopped playing it. <laughs> they hadn't played it all season long. 13 games. And somehow no games. one had noticed until this story came out. Like, how? I mean, I love it. I, like, it's... I saw one I've tweet that was like... Of, or go on. I, I'd watched a good amount of Mavs games, but, like, never at the beginning. Because it's usually... Well, no, jump like, games even if you're watching, I, were you, are you standing for the National yeah. Anthem on TV? Yeah. Hey, exactly. I, always stand, I always stand for the National Anthem. As you should. It's just it's just funny that no one noticed. Not yeah. one reporter, not one player, no one in 13 and games realized the Mavs would stop playing the national anthem at home game. All I'll say is poor Tim Cato. Like he, he he's an athletic writer for the for the Mavs. Like he's a good writer. I like him. His his replies must have just been absolutely blowing up, man. Yeah. And like I, I guess good on Mark Cuban. Uh, I don't know. I don't really have an opinion. I, I think it's kind of silly to have to play the national anthem before. Well, every yeah, it's game. like it, there's no like there's no real reason behind it. You know, respect the flag, respect the country. Like, mm, mm. I, it's I don't know. It's weird. Like, people love to for the it's like game. people love to freak yeah. out about it, but it's like literally, who cares? Oh, well, a lot. I of promise you, it's not, but I promise you, it's not a big deal. Someone will make it a big I will deal. Say, I will say, yeah, well, it already is a big deal. Um, I will say it's been pretty interesting uh, before we get to our mailbag. Uh, when we were doing uh, Ithaca football, we had only seen one player, quote unquote, protest the anthem. Mm-hmm. And that was... It was Gladney, wasn't it? No, no, it was, no, it was in, was it not Utica? It was in, not Alabama. Oh, um... Hobart. Hobart, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kid from Brooklyn, right? Um, no, I don't know if it was a kid from Brooklyn. Al, it was the same kid that got Al thrown Smith? out, right? Al Smith? Was it Al Smith? Al Smith, number two D-lineman, I think. He got thrown out of the game. Yes, he got not thrown out Not for protesting, not for protesting. I think he was trying to punch someone. Punch someone, yeah. Yes, well, he did <laughs> correct. Someone. Um, I've seen, so I've been doing Greensboro College basketball games, and we've played, uh, they've now played uh, NC Wesleyan, their men's team and ah. the women's team. Um, yeah, of course, Team U. That's Wesleyan. Um, in the USA, in the USA South, um, of course. And their men's team were all just sitting on the bleachers. I thought that was pretty interesting. Huh. I, I've gotten to see a couple of different protests. I've seen one player make it like egregiously tie his shoes for a long time. Like, <laughs> nice. uh, it's just it's interesting. But this Mavs thing. Snap thing's interesting. Like, I, I wonder if people are just going to be freaking the fuck out. I'm waiting to see what... Uh, well, the funniest part is it's like, like, it's in Texas. 
Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like it's the Knicks or the Nets or, like, the fucking, like, Timberwolves or someone. I don't know. But, like, uh-huh. it's Texas. And, you know, Texas has got a reputation. Or, like, the Portland Trailblazers. Like... Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. A much better example. Like, a team, like, in a, in a city like that as opposed yeah. to in Dallas. And it's funny because, like, you could have expected that from Mark Cuban, I guess. Like, kind of forward type thinking well mark guy. cuban has come out and said he like he would kneel with his players for the national anthem if yeah would this have been your first pick for a team to do it absolutely not who would have been your first pick would it have just been lebron's team possibly yeah <laughs> possibly lebron uh whatever team Kyrie's on true although i don't know if although maybe not with like james Harden. yeah <laughs> Well, he just doesn't have internet. That's it. That's what it is. Right, right. right. Uh, let's hop right to our mailbag. First order of business. Happy birthday, Jake Happy Dow. Happy birthday, Jake Dow. Big big body Dow. Go follow him, music by Dow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Jake Dow music. Jake Get Dow. the name right. Jesus I, Christ. I was, thinking, I was thinking of body by Dow. I was thinking body by uh, Dow. No, another great Instagram oh, yeah. to follow. <laughs> another great Instagram. So body by Dow, Jake Dow music, Jake underscore Dow. Also, shout out Rachel Dow. Happy birthday as well. Oh, true. Happy birthday, Rachel Dow. Uh, Other mailbag questions we have from Elliot. Ben, your pick was wrong. Ha. Any context on that? Just that's just being. I assume that's that's word for word spelling too. It's you are. Okay. Word for word (laughs) from the mailbag. Uh, uh, Yep, I, I was wrong. I'm assuming so because then the question for me is, Matthias, you a Bucks fan yet? And no, I'm not a no, I'm not a Bucks fan. But I was obviously rooting for the Bucks in that game. Yeah, and we then I was rooting for the Bucks, but I would have really liked to have just seen like the defense, like hardcore carry Brady into a title, just so it could be like, so just crazy. so it could be like a Rams. It's not, but I'm I'm talking like a Rams. I'm talking like a Rams like Super Bowl. Okay, okay, I wanted to see I wanted to see that because seeing Brady throw two touchdowns to Gronk in the fucking Super Bowl. I hope that hurt. I really just, hope that hurt. Oh, God. It was terrible. Like, <laughs> See, I was, I was talking to my dad about this. I think most of the, the hate from Pats fans at this point is way more directed at Belichick than it is at Brady. I don't know, man. Like, Belichick's the one that didn't want him back. Dude, if Brady was on the... Was, if Brady was on the Patriots this season, they would have been better, but like they didn't stand a chance, man. But not necessarily specifically because of this year, but of, you know, the last two, three years Brady was in New England. He had no help yeah. around him. And, and look, like Belichick, like Belichick addressed that. He was like, dude, we, we had to scrap our entire like roster, like our draft picks and everything to try to get, you know, the pieces to win when Brady was there. And He's like, he's like, yeah, and then I missed on draft picks, and we missed because that's just the thing. Crazy that, that Bill Belichick can't evaluate talent. It's it, I almost like it's crazy I, I, to keep I, a I, dynasty going for twenty plus years. Eventually, it's gonna end, right? Like, yeah, it's just you know extra painful for Pats fans to watch Brady leave and just like be better than he has been yeah, in the last yeah. like, four years. Yeah, like it was hard. It was hard, and especially that it was to Gronk. Um, this is from uh, EB three vinyl, another really good page. Um, Sue was snubbed for MVP. I mean, I think it, I don't think it's a particularly hot take to say that Brady didn't necessarily like deserve MVP, but we always know that going into a Super Bowl, like barring like a true like 
multiple touchdown performance from like a defensive player or like some, yeah. you know, if Tyreek had had the game he had against the Bucs in week 12, maybe Tyreek gets MVP. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I, I wish you could, I wish that you could have given the MVP to Todd Bowles, quite frankly. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, well, let's not fuck it. The, the, the second floor sports Super Bowl 55 MVP goes to Todd, Todd Bowles. Bowles. Like if you were to give it to one defensive player, though, interesting question. Like, who would it have been? Shaq Barrett? Maybe without, Shaq without Barrett. Just look, without looking at the numbers, like maybe Shaq Barrett, maybe Devin White. Mm-hmm. I think Shaq Barrett had like eight pressures. I think yeah. that's the number I saw. I guess if you're gonna give it to, I guess Shaq Barrett, gun to my head. Cool, gun to your head. Yeah. But we also have to talk about this: the ultimate, ultimate revenge, ultimate like just SMD. Antoine Winfield. Oh my God. <laughs> throwing up the peace signs on Tyreek. If that you guys hadn't so seen good. it, in that week 12 was the you know, week 12 game yep. when Tyreek just burned Antoine Winfield. It's his thing. Throws up the peace sign right in his face. Late in the game, miss it on fourth down. Tyreek either drops it or I don't remember what happened. I don't even Antoine, think it was, I think it was just like an overthrow or something. Okay. So didn't complete it to Tyreek. Yeah. Antoine Winfield right there in coverage. Crouch is right in front of him. Bam! Oh. Like that, that is fucking poetic, man. Absolutely amazing. That's just good and stuff. On that note, I got nothing else. I that got was, nothing else. That was amazing. <laughs> All right. Second floor sports. We will be diving fully into the NBA world next week. Hopefully, we'll be getting some fun guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. We'll keep it hush hush because there are some good ones. Uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, appreciate it. Subscribe. Let us know what you think, unless it's bad, uh, on Google Pods. If Apple it's bad, Pods. just tell Matias. Yeah, and but also subscribe uh, on Apple Pods. If you're listening to us, give us five stars. Let us know what you think. Also, shout out the GOAT streaming service. Breaker. Breaker. Appreciate you guys. We will talk to you next week.